Those who have survived the unthinkable and unspeakable violence behind the closed doors of their own homes are speaking out now more than ever. This podcast is dedicated to sharing their stories and the journeys of people who've transformed their lives from surviving into thriving. Join me and my guests as we dive into what healing from trauma really looks like. Hear heartwarming and awe-inspiring stories of overcoming the odds. Welcome to the Flow Rising Podcast. The show contains adult topics and often triggering stories. Audience discretion is advised. Before we get started, please make sure you subscribe to the channel, then like and share your favorite videos. Thanks for the support. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Flow Rising. I am, always, as always, your host, Megan. Uh, today, I am joined by Shannon, and she's going to talk about her own personal journey. And I know she works a lot with food and exercise and that side of the body healing health, so I'm interested to hear her perspectives. Shannon, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yes, yes. So as always, we start the show with where we are today, because I think the most important part about healing is knowing where we are. Mm. Yes, we all came from somewhere, but where we are is super important. So share with the audience what it is that you do with your clients, the type of work that you do, and where you are in your own personal healing journey. Oh, that's a lot of questions, isn't it? <laughs> so what I do is I'm a personal trainer and a holistic health coach, and I specialize in helping women lose weight and keep it off so they can fit confidently into their clothes. Growing up, I was an athlete, so fitness always came naturally to me, but nutrition is where I struggled. I was constantly confused around what I should be eating and falling off track diets. And then seven, oh my gosh, nearly eight years ago at this point, I tore my ACL for the first time. Mm -hmm. Done it twice, don't recommend. <laughs> but I was terrified that I was going to gain weight because I couldn't work out. And this is when I found strength training and really fell in love with this idea of being strong rather than just being skinny. And it was after I hired a coach to help me heal my relationship with food that I learned the value of proper nutrition and how to fuel your body in a way that felt balanced and free. And so now I support women with creating the sustainable lifestyle for themselves by learning how to eat and exercise for their body and their goals so we can cut through all of this confusion and just feel strong and confident in our skin. I love that. Yeah. I, I grew up in the, I always age myself when I say this in the eighties when yo-yo fad diets started becoming a huge yep. thing. And I witnessed every woman in my family go through every diet fad. You can imagine the, yep. you know, the Weight Watchers and the pills and the magic this and the, and I just, yeah. And I, I think I, I, even now, like now that I'm in my forties, I've always been terrified of being overweight. Mm -hmm. And here I am hitting that, that pre-menopausal and guess what? Those five pounds don't want to come off, but that doesn't mean I'm unhealthy. Right. And so it sounds like that's kind of what you were going through, not the menopausal piece, but just that, oh, wait, there's a healthy side of this. This isn't yeah. just about being skinny. Right. Right. And, you know, it's, it's frustrating, not for me necessarily, but for women in general, because we are so conscious and aware of our bodies and we're not taught this in school. No one teaches you, how do you build a healthy plate? What should you be doing on a regular basis to take care of yourself? It's either you do this diet or meal plan or fitness program to be skinny, or you're not taking care of yourself at all. And I'm hoping to bridge the gap. Yeah. Cause I don't think, and, and that's the other thing, you know, I like I'm 5'10". All the women in my family are five, four and shorter. So what's healthy wow. for me and what's healthy for mm -hmm. them Six inches totally makes different. a huge difference, like totally, <laughs> totally different. You know, the, the 140 on me wouldn't work for their frame, but it, it's just, it's totally different. And I think that that 
you know, yeah, I think it was the food pyramid when I was growing up and then it became the food wheel. And then it, it became, oh, what did my son, my son was telling me they were talking in health about, oh, I don't remember what it is now, but I'm like, oh, the food pyramid. He goes, what's the food pyramid? I'm like, it's the oh, same no. thing. They just changed shapes. <laughs> Like it's the same thing, honey. So funny. But even back then, we we're not really paying attention to it. They're like, "Oh, food pyramid, health class. I just want to go back to gym. Like, let's throw a frisbee." Versus once you get older, you're like, "Oh, nutrition really matters," and we're so hyper aware of how we look and what we put into our body and our calories and all of it. Yeah. So share with us a little bit about you know, like you said, you kind of had an accident. <clears throat> but one of the things we talk a lot about on this show is the the whole connection between, and I know your, your personal story to trauma is childhood trauma and mm. your story, so share as much as you wish, but healing from those types of things, we go through a lot of mental, emotional healing, but there is so much body healing involved in all of that. Um, and so how did that, like, you know, maybe it happened before your accident or something, but when nutrition became a thing for you, how did that really impact you in that personal healing journey as well um, on that trauma side? You know, it's interesting because I don't believe I realized the impact of it until probably within the last two years. Mm. I was able to prioritize quality nutrition in just wanting to heal my relationship with food because I was really struggling with an unhealthy relationship with food, meaning that I was binging, I was restricting, very much stuck in that cycle of over-exercising, under-exercising. After I tore my ACL the first time, I became so hyper aware of it because I was so scared that I was going to gain weight. And once I started to build this momentum in learning how to feel my body and learn how to exercise to be strong, I felt this freedom and peace of mind that I was able to unlock. But for me, it wasn't so much more so about aesthetics at that point. It was just I want to feel good and confident in my skin. Mm. Fast forward a couple years. Um, I, about two years ago, I was able to navigate out of a narcissistic relationship mm -hmm. and I was in that relationship for seven years. And when that ended, I started to severely struggle with anxiety and depression. Mm -hmm. And looking back, I'm so grateful that I built the fortitude in my daily habits mm -hmm. to regulate my nervous system from an internal level Mm -hmm. in a way that I don't know if I would have been able to access in the moment. <laughs> no, and so a lot of what I do now with my, my clients and the women that I work with is learning how to heal from that internal level, mm -hmm. because so much of what you eat and how you exercise and your sleep and your daily routines is directly impacting your nervous system, which is directly impacting your gut health and your mental health and all of it. And so I always like to give purpose to the things that I've been through. And I truly believe that one of the purposes that I was, you know, that I'm in this position that I'm in now and I've gone through what I've gone through is to help women learn how to completely redefine what self-care looks like and learn how to take care of themselves from this really deep internal level. I love that. Yeah. Cause that's, it's so funny. Just yesterday I was telling my, my husband, my current husband about what it was like in the 72 hours after I left my abusive marriage. So mine was 18 years and mine was much narcissistic, mental, emotional. It was also mm -hmm. physically abusive, but the face you just made, Oh, those first 72 hours. That, <laughs> I, will never forget, I will never oh. forget that day. Nope. Nope. 
And that's the part. And what's interesting, you were talking about how you already had, which is to the audience watching and listening, most of us are not, and Shannon, you're like me, we didn't have that food. You know, you were, you were blessed in that, but I love that you're like, no, I realized how much that helped me because it does. I'm only just now, I literally went to the doctor today and we're, uh, I'm seeing a naturopathic doctor. So we're talking about herbs. We're talking about diet. We're talking about exercise. Like she's bringing that together same way you do for your clients because, but yeah, that first, and I did, I've never really had shared it with my husband. And I was like, oh, those first 72 hours. And, and, and I said it, I'm five years past it. So I think I said it in a way that felt very detached and his face. And I was just like, he's like, I never thought about that. And I was like, no, but I said it to you and you're like, oh, and we get it. Like, wow, you don't, because I was talking about being depressed and anxious. And I'm like, I was allowed to feel for the first time, mm -hmm. mental, physical, and emotion, all of it. Like, and it slammed me like a brick wall. Like a bus. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. God. And I'll never forget, I, you said I'm, I'm blessed in that way. And I truly, truly believe that I was, I dropped so much weight mm -hmm. while eating so much food and taking care of myself. My nervous system went so high on overdrive because it just didn't know what to do. It was so in fight or flight and so much of just walking myself through that season. I felt so unbelievably detached like such a shell of a human mm -hmm. and the biggest challenge I have is being able to articulate it in a way that actually touches the gravity of what you're feeling and I still don't know if I know how to do that but when you say it like we we know it's I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy never Same I wouldn't wish that moment thing. I wouldn't wish it on the anyone. human who did it to me I would not exactly. wish that on him would not exactly yes I mean, I just remember, thank God, I had a therapy appointment that day mm -hmm. and I just remember sobbing and just not knowing, yeah. how do I live life? How do I do life? What is life? Oh my gosh, I'm feeling so much. It was paralyzing. Yeah. And waking up and eating breakfast and getting outside and going for a walk and moving my body was the anchor that got me through the storm. Mm -hmm. And that storm lasted a really long time. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I, it, it, and it's, it's interesting how, and again, that's one of the reasons I do this podcast is because there is something that you and I can say without saying it that you, we understand, like mm -hmm. anybody watching that we get you, we see you, we hear, yeah. we tell those other humans and like, I can't, I cannot even begin to explain to my husband what that was like. I didn't have, I had a very different relationship with food at the time. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a stress not eater. So you talked about losing weight. Oh, interesting. Oh yeah. So I had already in that year, it was 2019. So I guess it's four, almost five years ago. I had already lost 60 pounds Wow. because getting healthy as I had, you know, I had, it took me a long time to separate. It took about six months for me to get him out of my house, but I had okay. already, I'd started doing yoga. I started going on walks regularly. Food was still not a thing, yeah. but I had already lost 60 pounds and I think, I think at my lowest, I think I lost another 20 or 30 since gained the back. It was not a healthy, I, I got down to a very actually yeah. unhealthy weight. Yeah. Same. Very unhealthy weight. Um, but again, like, and it, you, you made the face like, oh gosh. And some women go, I wish I had that problem. I'm like two sides of the same coin. You said, mm -hmm. no matter how much food I ate, I was losing weight. I'm like, no matter how much I didn't like, 
I couldn't, I couldn't gain weight. Like I would eat, I would be like, Oh, it's been three days since I've eaten. Yes. It was like, and so that relationship with food and especially for those of us who've had long-term mm -hmm. um, chronic stressors. So I was learning today about my, my personal cortisol level. We always talk about cortisol and fat and weight gain. Yeah. yeah. And so I would, I would think, oh my gosh, I, I'm in that, that stage of life where I just can't lose that five pounds. I have no cortisol left. I have tapped my body. And I learned that today and I was like, and then mm -hmm. my doctor goes, good news. We can fix it. I'm like, oh, right. and she, we can fix it with food. Yes. 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 And that's one of the biggest ahas for the women that I work with is because I take the metabolic approach and many of the women over they're type A, people pleasing empath working too hard don't take rest feeling you know guilty if they do rest and we run from this place of adrenaline mm -hmm. and then you add on top of it skipping meals not eating enough relying on caffeine hit workouts not taking rest days our body is so stressed and the metabolism is a giant stress barometer and so mm -hmm. when we learn to actually do less and eat more exercise less walk more do the yoga take the break take the day off from the gym, our body is so much more responsive. Mm -hmm. um, and I was someone who was in the very similar position. And I would say I'm still navigating it. Mm -hmm. I got to the place where my nervous system was just toast, shot, doesn't exist yep. anymore. And I had to, I'm still working to bring it back mm -hmm. to life and, and heal that. Yeah. And, and I think that doing, you know, what you're doing, where you're taking that, you know, that inside out approach, because there. I never bash what we call traditional therapies, the talk therapies, the EMDR therapies, the somatic Save therapies, general, they're beautiful. They're wonderful. And they're only a piece of that puzzle because mm -hmm. there's so much of that internal. Um, yeah. That, and again, just talking to my doctor today and looking at this hormone test, like I had this mental picture of what my hormone test was going to look like. Sure. Yeah. And, and what's interesting is um, I have no testosterone either. Like the testosterone and, and that's, what's killing my cortisone. She goes, and so we talked about it and I said, and I asked her, I said, okay, it would, it would be lovely for a doctor to confirm this. I go, I've read books. I read psychology mm -hmm. stuff that I'm addicted to adrenaline. She goes, hundred percent. You are. I mean, she didn't even miss a beat. And I went, I'm addicted <laughs> and she's like, yes, you are addicted to adrenaline. And that's what we don't talk about that. Like yeah. we, that type A personality, why, you know, we wind ourselves up because without adrenaline, we actually, the, the, what we need, which is the cortisol doesn't, the testosterone, the things that actually sustain us, we don't have it. And yeah. so much is just society these days. Oh, Everything yeah. is stress. I mean, you wake up and you check your phone, stress, right? You go um, drink your coffee and most women skip breakfast, stress, right? You're getting into work and everything's a fire that you have to put out, stress. You don't have any break or breathing room in your day, stress. Everything that you're doing in your routine is stress. And, and then we wonder why we get tapped out. And so I always yep. like to make the mental note for women of, I want your baseline. And this is something that I had to learn. And I'm still working on it to this day. When you wake up, your baseline should be what it feels like to be laying on the beach, the sun on your skin, not a care in the world, and just calm and peaceful. That should become our baseline so that when the stress comes, we come back down rather than living in this place of stress and then just dropping in, 
I'm going to get a manicure and a pedicure for self-care for the, the incy bincy inch of a drop in our stress to come right back up. We have to flip the paradigm because now we're struggling with mental health. Our gut is being taxed. Our hormones are being taxed. And we're running into this epidemic that not a lot of people are talking about. Thankfully, the conversation is starting to be brought up, you know, and it just makes me think of what, the type of relationships that we were in. We also got addicted to the highs and the lows and the stress that brought, which also makes sense. Yep, it does. And it's it's that, you know, it it's a, uh, it's just that, 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 that's, it's normal. Like, right. Like it's, it's, it's just normal. And it's, you know, and then we talk about, you know, and especially for those of us who were in narcissistic and abusive relationships, you know, mine started in childhood, you know, whether it was a lot of people maybe didn't have in childhood, but then you get into an adulthood or you like me, you've had it your whole life that you've always been in that. And you just don't realize Again, we talked about that, that right afterwards, and then it all hits you. You don't realize, and I, I say this often, you actually, like, people go back, oh gosh, you know, why did I stay? And I'm like, because you're the strongest person that you know. Because going, like actually being in that all of the time and actually still functioning and succeeding and putting dinner on the table and getting up and going to a job and Dude, that's like superhuman powers. Like you really actually were not designed to function like that, let alone, like you said, society stressors, then add the abusive relationship on top of it. Like you were not designed to do that. But good news, and I always come with the good news. Yeah, it is actually these these meat sacks. I, I'm teasing, I'm joking, but these bodies, because I'm very yeah. spiritual. So I'm like, no, this actually yeah. is a hugely like healing thing. You know, we mm -hmm. get a cut on our hand. It doesn't last. It heals. It's the yeah. same thing in, inside in the nervous system. So what are some things, you know, and I know it's, it's generic advice because we always talk food is very specific, but sure. what are some things that you find commonalities amongst high stress people, you know, like you said, to get to that baseline that is kind of food, you know, maybe habit related or something even that's working for you that you could, you know, talk about. So if we take the fitness and nutrition side first, one, are we getting seven to nine hours of sleep every single night? Because that's the easiest thing to sacrifice. And you're like, I'm assuming you do not. <laughs> but that's the foundation of our recovery. That's the foundation mm -hmm. of regulating our hormones. That's when our body does its really deep cleaning. And so first and foremost, prioritizing getting seven to nine hours of sleep every single night. The second thing I would say is, are you eating enough calories for your body? We find... Mm -hmm. Three specific scenarios, two of which are more common. Um, one that a woman specifically is under eating and they don't realize it, which is so, such high stress. Um, because if you think of your body as a car and you're not putting enough gas in the tank, you're just running around with it, like puttering around and trying to circle, circulate the very minimal gas that you have in the engine in the system. And then the car starts to break down and then we blame ourselves because the car is breaking down. It's a whole mess. So either under eating or toggling between under eating and overeating because we do that a lot. That's where the binge restrict scenario comes into play, or we see individuals overeating, but that's less common. Mm -hmm. So locking in your sleep, locking in your nutrition, moving your body on a regular basis. So I love to see individuals walking every single day, getting outside, getting that sunlight, strength training three to five times a week, depending on what your recovery looks like. And then also having time to tend to your mental health. So whether mm -hmm. that is time with community, whether that is time working with a therapist, 
I love to redefine what self-care looks like for individuals. I believe that it can change based on the season. When I think about what it was like those two days after, I'm so grateful that I had a therapy session already scheduled. Mm-hmm. And I'm so grateful that I had the resources available to me that I I tripled down on therapy. I mean, I was that carried me through. Mm-hmm. And I'm still to this day working with my therapist. I've also found many different modalities over the past two years, whether it be breath work, whether mm-hmm. it be time in specific community, cultivating new friendships that help me feel safe. I physically moved in order to feel safe. Going to conferences that access different parts of my life and brain and body help mm-hmm. me feel safe. Um, I've recently gotten into dancing, which has been a really cool modality for regulating my nervous system and just self-care and helping me move. That has nothing to do with exercise or just, it just feels good. It feels joyful. You know, reading is a big thing for me. So I think meeting your basic needs, you know, sleep, steps, movement, sunlight, water, food, and then incorporating that joy intentionally and incorporating things into your life that tend to your mental health in a really beneficial way. Yeah. And, and I think the only thing I would add to that list is giving yourself grace and because oh, it's going to take time. So I mean, you're a couple fun. years out of it. I'm five years, you know, five years. I have had guests on the show that are like, I'm 20 years out of it. And I still have to remind myself, yeah. but it gets easier. It just, it, it you, you know, I'm focusing on, I love, I heard this term recently and I love it. It's micro habits. Mm. What, and I've said this before and it's, it's, it's interesting how I think I was already doing it, but it, it was about, it was probably six months into, you know, after my ex had, had left that I finally got to this, it's that baby step concept. And, and we always think of baby steps as, oh, it's teetering, it's tottering. I'm like, do you have any idea how brave it is to stand up as never done it before? I've just watched, you know? And just all of a sudden I'm standing up and I'm going to put my foot down. That's actually a huge step of bravery to go. We, we feel, but it's small. And I think that's the, what's the little tiny thing that you can say yes to, you know, nutrition. Are you going to change it overnight? No, no. Give yourself grace to go. I'm not going to change it overnight, but what's, you know, my doctor today said, cause I'm a vegetarian. And so protein and fats are super hard to get into my diet. Sure. Just one of those challenges I had. You can't always get fresh avocados. You can't always. And so she goes, you know, what do you, and I love, like, I'll make anything from scratch, anything. Oh, cool. And she goes, she goes, okay, well, here's one that's easy. How about two tablespoons of pumpkin seed butter every day? Yeah. And she goes, and you, she goes, you can just make it. She goes, blender, pumpkin seeds, blend, go. And I, I was like, oh, that's it? She goes, start there. She goes, start that, because I struggle with breakfast. Like you said, it's mm. that, that she goes. Just put something in. Just something. And I go, oh. And it's seasonal too, you know? <laughs> yes. And I'm like, and it's tiny. And it's I can tiny. say yes to it. And I love pumpkin seeds. And so I think that, you know, from that's something that helps me is as I'm going, because, and I'm sure you experience this too. You can talk about it, even though you had those nutritional habits. Once you start down the healing path, it's like you're you're drinking from a fire hose because mm-hmm. you're like, What's going to make this go really, really quick? Sorry, folks, nothing. <laughs> I wish I wish I could be, you know, 10 years out this far because I still find myself. I mean, I just came back. I'm visiting family right now, so I'm back in New Jersey. And even flying back and driving through specific areas, I feel my body go into fight or flight. And I remember calling a friend and being like, why does this still bother me? Like, why does my body still remember? And I can't compare 
you know, 30 years of experiencing something and then seven years of an abusive relationship to 24 months, you know, in, in healing. And for me, the micro habits weren't necessarily in food, which I'm really grateful for. I know that's a big challenge. For me, it was learning how to do life again and learning how to feel safe in my skin and safe around other people. So, so much of just, I mean, when I woke up from that fog, I had no friendships, no relationship with my family. I was so isolated. And so it's a small act of, okay, I'm going to go to the family party and learn what it feels like to be in that moment again and be in my body, in my skin in that moment, because I hadn't done that in nearly a decade. And then it was, okay, I'm going to go put myself in an environment of just, I mean, I remember specifically going to the mall for no other reason than being by myself, but around people because that felt safe, but just learning what it felt like to be me in the world. And those micro steps could look different for everyone, but it's just one foot in front of the other. For the other. And yeah, it, and it, it is interesting that I didn't, I don't think until my husband pointed it out, I didn't even realize, because I, I had had already, it was, it was three years before I, and then I met my husband a couple years ago. Uh, but I, I'd been three years and I, <laughs> one thing I never would wish upon anybody, I did 2020 by myself. I got divorced in 2020. <gasps> Oh so gosh. I did 2020 and I mean alone, like, cause 2020 was my first year out. So there was talk. I had no relationships and no way to get them. Oh my gosh. And and it's so interesting that you, the face you make is, my, uh, my hand is on like, my heart. I can't even, like, I can't yeah. even imagine because everybody experienced 2020. And so it's something mm -hmm. that is common for all of us. But then I go and then put that the first year out because that's what it was for me. I literally got divorced on the phone. I'll never forget my divorce got canceled. See, I was supposed to get divorced the last week in March. Well, the world shut down and I get this letter in the mail that says, we're not processing any divorces. I was like, no, 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 no. Like I was just like, do not tell me I still have to be married to this human. Just please. After working up the courage, I'm sure and preparing yourself. Oh, for it had been and all of it. months of getting him gone and just finally getting there. And I was there and the papers had been signed. And then I got, and then the best day of my life was, we're going to do it over the phone. You mean, I don't even have to see him. <gasps> oh, oh it was so awesome. I was like, I don't even have to see him. I just wow. got to sit at my kitchen table. But 2020, <laughs> yeah, you take 2020 and then put that as my first year. So I literally, you talked about going on walks. One of my favorite, uh, I had to learn to be in my body, but again, and I'm, I'm just now doing what you did with them all. Like, oh, okay, people, cause yeah. <laughs> I had so many years of a nun. And I would go on barefoot walks in the rain with as little clothing on as possible because I needed the sensory experience of back in body. And mm -hmm. I'm huge. Like water has always felt good to me, but mm -hmm. I would just, I would just get in the rain and I live in Colorado. And so rain is usually cold. So by the end of it, I usually have to get in the shower. More water was great. But that was something for me that was just like, it's raining. I can go outside mm -hmm. because being around again. We just couldn't, I can, I can remember, you know, 2020 when we're all like walking with masks on our face. And I was like, it's raining. I don't have to put a mask on. Right. Cause it's all, you know, there's no, if anybody walked, nobody's going to be out here. <laughs> Nobody goes and walks in the rain. So the, I would go for walks in the rain mm -hmm. just to have that, like you said, movement. I remember pacing my, I, I had to sell my house. So I moved from my house into an apartment that year and I would just pace it, I think it was like 50, it was 50 square feet, like this tiny living room. And I would just pace and move as much as I physically could 
because that's that's what got me yeah, yeah that's what got me going and moving through it and um, I think we all find those different anchors mm-hmm. when I was in the thick of that I remember I explained it almost like um you know when people are ice climbing and they have these hooks that the picks that they climb up the wall with I was just throwing out different hooks and picks to build this net that I could just learn how to stand just Mm -hmm. soft enough and buoyant enough that okay I could get to the next thing and the more hooks I built the more stable I felt and I'm still building hooks and sensory is a big thing for me so um, I, I moved from New Jersey out to California. And so surfing and water, anything that gets me in my body where I can lose track of time or like massage and someone's like physically mm-hmm. touching my body is really regulating for me. Um, breath work, if a facilitator is like touching my head or whatever that looks like really, mm-hmm. it suddenly I feel everything because it's like, oh, slow down, calm that nervous system, let's feel mm-hmm. things. And feeling is just this whole different beast of mm-hmm. you know, still learning how to do that. Oh, huge. Like I said, I mean, I, I recently got married. And so now I've been with my husband for a couple of years and I still tell him and <laughs> I'm giggling just because he is a lovable, huggable teddy bear. Oh, but my like need and I, it, it is a need. I'm not, I'm just like, like, yep. My touch quotient is a little like not being met. And he's like, <laughs> what are you talking about? Like we just snuggled all night. And I'm like, more please. And he's yeah. I'm like, there's literally yeah. Not, but I had to tell him because his he, he thought like it, it always meant like, oh, we have to snuggle and he has to like right. take time out. I'm like, I'm like, no, you could just hug my hand, hug, you know, hold my yeah. hand or just, you know, put your armor. I'm like, touch. Like every time you walk by me, rub my back. Yeah. And he's really, oh, how he's sweet. just starting to get it though, because he really thought it was like, okay, so I have to stop what I'm doing and spend 30 minutes. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I just like, just th- because it's yeah. that reminding ourselves mm-hmm. um, that, that the body exists. And I, I really yeah. think that nutrition plays a lot into that too. I don't know if you experienced this or maybe yeah. some of your, your clients do. I cannot tell the difference between I'm hungry and I'm anxious. Ooh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Because you don't get hungry when you're anxious? Um, and I think it is, I, like I said, I'm a stress not eater. So okay. I do that. But I actually think so, and I'm putting my hand, I, you can't see, but up right where your stomach is, right at your yep. solar plexus level, right? So, um, and I, yes, I've done internal diagnostic, like ultrasounds and stuff. There's nothing that we can find that's physically wrong, but it feels to me. So if you take, if you take that, I'm hungry, like I'm mm-hmm. super hungry, that, that, that rumbling pain. in your stomach. And, and it's, it isn't really the rumbling. Cause I don't really get, but that pain associated with it, where it's just like that dull like hello hello Mm. that never goes away that's 24 7 in my life like it's always there mostly because and you get it i mean gut health so and now that i see what my cortisol that's where that's where it's all created and so Mm -hmm. my 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 body's trying to create it but it doesn't exist in my body right now and it is interesting though and i think i think more people experience this but don't understand how to explain it that it's the feeling of anxiety, a lot of people like think that they like, oh, I feel anxious here. I feel anxious in my stomach. Like it's Interesting. that to my stomach hit that. Oh, oh, I just, and that's how I experience anxiety. Wow. And so for me, like that difference between, oh, am I hungry? Oh, am mm. I not? So what's something, you know, again, and that's, again, that's not necessarily normal, but there's no normal when it comes to healing these. Yeah. 
but for your clients or even for yourself in general, what, you know, when you're experiencing something, it may not be my thing, but there's something they're like, mm, this body thing doesn't seem right. How do, how do we, how, you know, how do you talk about addressing something super specific like that? Again, I've done internal diagnostics. They can't sure. find anything wrong, sure. which is common, by the way, folks, Super common for people who are healing. They can't Super find common. anything physically wrong. Yeah. How does nutrition and stuff come into play and in helping that? So one of the things that I often do with clients, because many of the women I work with have spent years on diets or meal plans, take the abuse scenario out of it. We are already disconnected from our bodies because the meal plan will tell us what to eat, what not to eat. The clock will tell us what time to eat, what time not to eat, when to start fasting, when to stop fasting. And so we don't even have this awareness of, am I hungry? Am I full? Because we're just looking to external sources to tell us what we should have and how much we should eat and how much of it and when and the frequency and all of it. And so what I do out of the gate with women is help them learn how to build balanced meals. And we mm. eat at frequent fairly consistent opportunities to eat. So what I mean by that, when I say a balanced meal is I want you to get a protein, a veggie, a carb, and a fat at most of your meals. The reason for that is it will stabilize your blood sugar. It'll ensure you're getting the micro and the macronutrients you need to feel full and satisfied, and it will get your energy up. And we want to do that with three to four meals a day, breakfast, lunch, dinner, snack, breakfast, lunch, snack, dinner. It doesn't matter. I just need you at eating, eating at frequent, consistent intervals to stabilize your blood sugar. Once we've been doing that for a fairly decent amount of time, we should start to notice when we feel hungry and when we feel full, the body will start to tell us. That being said, for individuals who struggle with that awareness or they are used to chronically utter eating and eating more food is challenging, that's where we might bring in tracking macros for that accountability piece. This way you can say, okay, I haven't eaten enough today. What can I do to bring more food into my diet or onto my plate in a way that doesn't leave me feeling stuff sick? It's easy to eat like sunflower butter, super easy to eat, or I, um, pumpkin seed butter, you're pumpkin. saying, is super easy those, to eat. You know, yeah. Avocado is really easy to eat. It has a lot of calories to it, and we can get those calories up with the accountability of tracking until your body starts to regulate, and it will regulate with time. Yeah. That was a super interesting experiment for me was to actually, I wouldn't go to like to the nth degree of using an app, which is helpful for some people. I just didn't need that much. I would just mentally kind of track, okay, how much have I eaten today? Mm -hmm. And it was actually, again, it was conversations I was getting in with my husband because he would notice I'd be cranky and crabby. And then I wouldn't really <laughs> eat much dinner. And he's like, like, what is going on? And, you know, and all of a sudden I started sharing with him, well, I haven't eaten much today. And he's like, what's not much? And I'd start telling him, he's like, He's like, and mentally, he's very good at math. So he was mentally doing the math. And he's like, honey, you ate 300 calories today. And I was like, no, I didn't eat more than that. And he's like, no, you ate, you, yeah. you, you, like didn't, portion. you didn't even eat that much. And then you skipped and now you're eating. And so, yeah, for me that, and I, that is so, that is still the struggle. Like that is, that is my current work with food is the same thing where it's like, no, how much did you actually eat today? <laughs> yeah. we, can have, we can have so much fear. I'm not sure if this is something that you navigate so much fear around eating more. When we do have this deep seated fear of, I don't want to gain weight. The idea of eating more food can be terrifying for women. And so it's also working to unlearn eating more does not necessarily mean weight gain. And if you do gain weight by eating more, it's because your body needed to gain weight. And once you gain the weight, it doesn't mean that it will be stuck on you forever. We can have 
so much fear and concern and paralysis and we stay in this place of just under eating and over exercising and then we wonder why we start to struggle and that's a whole journey just in and of itself healing without the abuse added onto it and then you add a nervous system that's just running on adrenaline people are burnt out it's just an entirely different beast and I just hope that especially with this conversation women can hear that they're not alone and that we can get to the other side and I love that that you say that because that and 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 it, it wasn't it is an abusive conversation mm-hmm. people don't understand the way most of us were raised with one and you know you kind of hear about it. oh the beauty magazines they did such bad things it's like no actually your mother harmed you more mm-hmm. not intentionally <laughs> she did what her mother did yeah. not and it was the conversation we yeah. had and again i shared all the women in my family were five four and under Sure. I cannot remember a day in my life that my aunt did not show up at our house, whatever it was, the holiday or whatever. I'm seven inches taller than her. Wow. And the first thing out of her mouth was, oh, you're so skinny and pretty today. I was 40 years old before I looked at that woman and said, you say that to me one more time and I am never talking to you again. That is not okay. You are not allowed to say that to me. You can say the clothes look good. You can say my hair looks good. You can say I'm happy to see you. You can say anything, but you comment on my weight one more time. And I am literally not speaking to you for the rest of the event. And she goes, well, what's wrong with that? And I said, your struggle with food and weight is not mine. And you've been putting it on for me me for a lifetime. And I said it just like that. She goes, and she's a jaw drop. She didn't know what to say because in their mind, that's how women relate. We talk about each other's weight. We, and let's be real, it's women that do this to each other, not men that do it to us. And the men that do it to us are abusive assholes like her ex, pardon the language, but yes. (laughs) Women do it to each other more than men do it to us. That we look at each other and go, oh my God, you're so skinny and perfect. And you have no idea the stress and strain that that woman may be putting herself in. To get, or, oh, you're gonna eat that? Yeah, yeah. I am going to eat half a medium pizza. Watch me, like, <laughs> oh my gosh, like seriously, yeah. we do it to each other, and we don't. Yeah. I think it in the back of our mind because it is such a societal conversation. We're actually trying to be helpful to each other. Or, it is so. I mean, the kindest thing you could do to yourself, yeah. like you said, is figure out. No, like for yeah. me, how many calories? It, Let's, let's get real. If I don't work out, like if I'm just going on, you know, a short walk a day, okay. How many calories realistically? And, and I was like, okay, it's not the 2,500. That's like psychotic amount of calories. But then when I realized I that for me, well, for me, it was, it was it. Now that I'm increasing my activity, it's yeah. not. But when I was in the, I wasn't working out, not doing anything. Right. It was still about somewhere between 15 and 1700 calories. I'd even say it could have gone up a little bit higher too. You probably could have, but that was where it was like. Sure. And I was eating four. Yeah. And we're like, no wonder. And so, yeah, and this is literally just, I would say the last six months of my life that I'm like, how, many, how much did I eat today? Did I eat today? Have I eaten today? Proud of you for exploring that though. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. the age, you know, when women start to find this. And, you know, just to go back to what you were saying, I almost have a question for you of, was it hard for you to get to that place of speaking up for yourself? That is still something I struggle with. I, I look at you and I'm like, heck yeah, you tell your aunt you can't say that. I 
yeah. I'm still in this place now. I'm going to say something and I'm like, I'm so sorry I said it. Like, I need to say this and I will preface it and I'll say it really fast. It makes me that's, so nervous. But that, that's that boundary setting piece. That, yeah. And that is something women struggle with it in general, but human beings who come from narcissistic relationships, absolutely, because it is so <laughs> terrifying to look at someone and go, I'm going to put up a boundary. Sorry. Yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I said it to her. And it really was at a place in time where I was ready to cut ties with my family. Like I had brought awareness to myself and my own place going, my family is toxic across the board. Like they just gossip is the only way they talk about each other, like all kinds of things. And so I'd really kind of gotten there. And so for me, it was extraordinarily cathartic. Now, had that been my mother? No, no, no. Because it was an aunt who was a little separated from it. But I, it, it was just, it really is empowering. Um, and I think later I did go back and apologize, which I kind of wished I'd never done yet. But it is very hard and it's hard for anything. It's hard to say, again, you know, that girlfriend, you're you're going to eat cheese pizza today? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm going to eat the cheese pizza. Do you want some? No. Okay, that's, you do you. I'm, I'm, I'm good. That is by far one of the hardest struggles for because the, the reverse of a narcissist is a people pleaser. They don't exist without us. Let's be real. It is a... I have never heard that. That makes so much sense. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Same coin, two sides. Yeah. Neither one can exist without each other. However, the people pleaser is typically the one. Mm-hmm. Okay, I've yet to find a narcissist that actually does healing. So let's just say they were always the one who finds the way out and then navigates the path of healing. Mm-hmm. To go, I don't want to do this anymore. And one of the first steps is self-care, which is kind of what we're talking a lot about. That food, that nutrition, that self-care yeah. is not a mani-pedi. Mani-pedis are part of it, but that's not self-care. I got my but, nails done just as much as the next girl. Yeah, no. <laughs> that's right. It is actually boundary setting. And boundary yeah. setting is one of the most important pieces of self-care we could actually create. And it is oh so hard (laughs) and just learning how to meet your own needs without somebody else doing it for you without self-abandoning in order to please everybody else that was a huge challenge for me and i would say um and and this is something that i tell people and my husband would say it too that he is not he has not put himself in the role nor do i allow him to be in the role of being that external external validator Mm -hmm. external however he recognized early in the relationship, he goes, he goes, I see that you can do it. And until you can do it, I'm going to do it for you and show you how. And so he constantly, yeah, he's constantly doing that type of thing. Like, I'm really proud of you. I really, you know, and, and then constantly being willing to say, Hey, this is not mine. This is yours. And this is a self-worth conversation. And I'm still Mm -hmm. here to support you. And it's okay that you're where you are. And I think that's where that community piece of, you know, whether it is a new relationship with another another human being, or it's going back to really good relationships with family, or yeah. reconnecting to to um, a community of, of, a lot of times it's a community of women or a community yeah. of humans that support without community and without that external, like, you don't know that you're putting up a healthy boundary until someone respects it, yeah. <laughs> and in yeah. all honesty, because you, you just feel and think, I mean, that, that shame and that guilt and that, oh, I shouldn't have. That shame was the worst part. It's so challenging, you know, and I do it with my husband all the time and then he respects it. And the next day I'm like, 
I'm like, oh, I'm really, really sorry that I did that. And maybe, yeah. and he's like, no, it, it's, oh, I'm good. Like, you're good for doing it. It's okay. I respect that that was a boundary you needed to put up around whatever it was. I was like, oh, oh, oh okay. Okay, now what? <laughs> like, yeah, but yeah it, it is. All- and it, it's all, it, again, it's all that self-care piece. Um, yeah, that. And it's a giant learning curve. I'm so eternally grateful that despite the ne- decade, I say near decade, it was seven, almost eight years at that point, that the people that I was able to go back to and the new relationships that I found afterwards have been people who are open to me practicing with them of, hey, I don't really know how to say this, but I'm going to try it. Or people validating you know what, this is actually okay for you to do this for yourself, because I'm still learning life. I'm still learning what it's like to have healthy relationships with individuals. I'm still learning what it looks like to speak up for myself. I'm still learning different levels of, you know, leadership as an entrepreneur and running a company. And that's a whole different layer of setting boundaries and, you know, all of it, but even just of how do I say, thank you so much for thinking me, but I'm going to turn down this opportunity of, or, Hey, please don't comment on my body or my food or, you know, you know what, I'm going to go to this thing, but I'm actually not going to drink. And being able to have people in your life who can validate and see you for you has been so healing for me. I, I still find myself torn between like, do they really mean that? Am I going to get shamed eventually? You know, <laughs> learning how to unwire yeah. that shame has been just so challenging. And yeah. that community piece has been so healing. Yeah. And I, and again, having talked to women who are two or three times out, from where we are, yeah. they still say the same thing that we, we sadly, those human beings that, um, that took advantage of our good nature, because that's mm-hmm. what it is. We were good and kind and strong to begin with. They saw it and they abused it and mm-hmm. they used it. And that makes us doubt the, the good kind. But that the thing that I can say, you always know that you have the right human beings around you when they, that consistency. See, our abusers consistently showed up abusive. Well, the opposite is true as well. My husband consistently, like, I'll put that boundary up. And then I'm like, eh, and he goes, no, that was right. That was good. Yes, it's okay. Yes. And that, you know, and I don't know how I, and I don't know necessarily that it ever goes away. I think the sure. thing that we talk about here about healing is it's always just, Oh, I'm still working on that one. And that's okay. Oh, Oh, nope. That showed up again. Oh, okay. Well, There's we're going to layer. Yep. Another layer, but then we also, you know, the longer that we practice it, it's, you know, just like strength training. Like you are not going to be lifting 150 pounds day one. Start with five. Let's get (laughs) realistic. Start with five. But it's the same thing. Emotional strength training is the same thing. The longer we do it, the better it gets. So uh, we are coming to the end of our time. And this is the time when I always ask my guests. So someone's watching, someone's listening and they're like, yes, I really would love to connect to Shannon and talk to her a little bit more and get connected. What's a great way for people to actually connect with you right now? Oh, well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. This has been such an amazing conversation. Uh, The best way to come hang out and stay in touch with is just connect with me on Instagram. Um, That's where I spend most of my time. My handle is just at Shannon Brewer. and maybe we can put it in the show notes because my name is kind of long and hard to spell. Um, And, you know, one thing that we talked a lot about here is just the importance of nutrition and fueling your body and learning how to regulate your appetite and building these healthy routines to create that positive baseline. So you can learn how to access joy and meet your needs and all of it. And one of the things that women struggle with most is just breakfast. We either don't eat it or we... um, 
are skipping it and having caffeine and then we're struggling with energy. And so I've taken all of the guesswork out of it for women. I have this energy boosting breakfast recipe guide, which is jam packed with, I forget how many specifically, I want to say there's over 20 recipes, plant-based, dairy-free, gluten-free, paleo options. They're my fitness, my fitness pal friendly. You can just go to shannonbrewerchin.com forward slash breakfast guide and download it. It's completely free and just start learning how to fuel your body in this way to promote energy and help you feel your best. Love that. Yes. So the links to get to Shannon are in the show notes below as always. So thank you so much. Yes. Really enjoy the conversation. Thank you for coming on. My dog's trying to climb on my lap. It's pretty funny. Um, <laughs> come up. Um, but you know, I appreciate Aww. having you on the show today and sharing, you know, openly about your, your personal journey and, and what it is that you do for your clients. Thank you so much. To the audience who joined us today, thank you. And wishing you peace, love, and flow. And may your flow be ever rising. Until next time.